It was already a month into the 2021-22 school year when I returned again to Iroquois High School. I arrived just after 8 a.m. to the sound of chickens perched on the roof of a neighboring home. A piercing orange sun was still rising over the football field as I entered the building. Was it Amanda? Mm-hmm. What was your last name? McLaren. Got it. Thanks. I hadn't seen Zyron since his last day of school. A lot had happened since then. Not only had his principal, Rob Folk, left the school, but so had Monica Hunter, the assistant principal, who had helped Iroquois feel like home. There had been tragedy, too. Two weeks after school let out, one of Zyron's classmates, Daywan Coward, was shot in the head while hanging out with a friend at a park less than a mile from where I live. 174 bullets were fired in the drive-by shooting. Daywan died two days later. I was headed to find Zyron in Chef Road's kitchen when I ran into Iroquois' new principal, Dr. Tuetta Tall. Good morning, Professor How are you? Good. Huh? I'm doing all right. Glad he's ready. Okay, he's always ready for a camera. Zyron knew I was coming and that a CJ photographer was joining me to shoot video of him cooking. Tall pulled out her phone to show me a picture she'd taken of him earlier that morning. He was telling us yesterday, y'all haven't seen anything yet. And this morning he comes in. Looking sharp. Oh, oh the glasses so, and everything. Oh, yeah, he's ready. Well, in the picture, Zyron was wearing dark sunglasses, chinos, and a pink button-down. When I made it to the kitchen, I found him already at work, with Chef Rhodes at his side. He ditched the sunglasses, a smart move since he was chopping with a serious-looking knife. Zyron was doing a test run for a meal he'd prepare later that day on an Instagram Live fundraiser with the Lee Initiative, a nonprofit co-founded by one of Zyron's mentors, celebrity chef Edward Lee. The nonprofit had already donated $20,000 to the culinary program at the start of the school year, money which Rhodes told me had been a lifesaver. She'd been going back and forth with Jefferson County Public Schools for weeks over her budget. This is September 17th. I just got a response last week on what my budget is for the school year. Like, how many times can I swipe this Kroger card? And so they're like, we're going to load 2000 on it. And I was like, all right, what's my cleaning budget? Like, I need to get a mop head and I need floor cleaner. And they're like, um, that actually comes out of your school's budget. You need to talk to your principal. And I was like, okay. So I've been waiting on that now for two weeks. Haven't heard back with that is going to be, um, and then just whenever I use a Kroger card, there's so many restrictions, like, they'll let me buy ingredients, but what are the kids going to eat on? Because nobody bought plates, no one bought cups, nobody bought to-go containers. And you're not so, allowed to buy? Why? I'm not allowed to buy anything like laundry detergent, cups, anything that's not a food edible item, um, even though it's for the program. So, with our grant from the Lee Initiative, we're able to shop with Creation Garden, and they don't have any restrictions. Whatever I need to order, I can order it. Um, it was great to hear of the Lee Initiative's support, 
but I knew Rhodes had to take time out of her own summer to write that grant proposal, and that she's constantly networking outside of school hours to bring attention and resources to her program. And after earning the grant, she chose to give half to another under-resourced culinary program at Western High, her alma mater. If Rhodes' kitchen was based at DuPont Manual instead of Iroquois, I seriously doubt she'd be doing all of this on her own. That's because Manual, with its mainly middle and upper class population, has an active PTSA, alumni association, and nearly 20 different booster organizations. In 2019-20, even with the pandemic making most spring fundraisers impossible, Manuel raked in more than a half million dollars in external funds. $10,000 went to hiring college and scholarship consultants. $25,000 was budgeted for a girls' lacrosse team spring break trip to Florida. Thousands of other dollars were available to support classrooms. That same year, Iroquois didn't have a single booster group. If families at Iroquois had the time and resources to fundraise like manual families do, Rhodes wouldn't have to write grants to get money with no strings attached. The problem extends to the pet band and sports teams, too. Another stark disparity between Louisville's good schools and its bad ones, something never considered when ranking them against each other. I hadn't heard Zyron call Chef Rhodes' mom yet that day, but every exchange between the two illustrated the point. I know you're not cutting that butter on the pan not to come for it. Sir, get it together. Get it together. That's a lot of butter. What are you making with the butter? Is that for your eggs? That's for your bacon jam? Not all of it. Oh. You know, the pepper is in. Okay. By the time Zyron finished cooking, he'd created another masterpiece. A pan-seared ribeye topped with bacon jam and a runny, over-easy egg. Zyron grabbed his cell phone and called one of his coaches. The two had an ongoing bit about which one of them was the better cook. Casey, come to Chef Rhodes' room. I got something to show you. Come to Chef Rhodes' room. We can try something. Thirty seconds later, his coach was at the door. Zyron handed him a fork and made sure he got every element in his bite. His coach's mouth was still full when he started to give his review. Good job. It's almost so good because it's like the jam or whatever. You don't necessarily Siren and I eventually stepped into the hallway for a few minutes to chat away from the kitchen's loud industrial fan. He told me his summer had gotten off to a rocky start. 
Part of the setback, he said, was learning that Day One had died. Day One, I played basketball with him since freshman year. I was a very close friend. Um, and it's just, I feel like during quarantine, we, like we were still friends, but like seeing him every day, we weren't everybody. And then it's just like, I got the news because my friend um, texted me. And it's just, like, it's just crazy. Zyron responded by isolating himself something he'd done before in the face of trauma. But this time, he was able to make healthy choices. He woke up at dawn to work out almost every day, and it was noticeable. He told me he lost 20 pounds. I spotted that the pink button-down he was wearing, it was Ralph Lauren, the brand-name clothing he'd coveted since middle school. Siren bought the shirt with money he'd earned that summer, working at a trampoline park. Now that I'm old enough, I feel like I'm more say so in where I work. So, I don't know, just the environment of kids and happiness and being able to, I feel like it was, it was didn't even seem like a job. So, for me to get paid for like, my boss would call me, be like, do you want to work right now? I live down the street from my job. I can literally walk there. I'd be like, yeah, I'll come in. Like, just last second, 15 minutes, like, just cause, and it's fun. Um, I asked Siren what it was like to be back at school for his senior year without Principal Falk. Falk had left Iroquois but stayed with the district. He was now the assistant superintendent in charge of all of Jefferson County's middle schools. Siren said he'd been upset when he first heard the news, but he understood. At his position now, he has the ability to do it, do what he did at this school at multiple schools at the same time. So I completely understood it. And I feel like him being with a younger group of kids can also, because once you're younger, you're more impactful. I feel like him being with a younger scale of children is better for me. So yeah, I, I agree with it. And the other thing I just realized just last week when I was trying to find out how to spell her name was that Miss Hunter's gone too. That one was unexpected. I wasn't expecting that one. Siren learned of Miss Hunter's departure in a text from Chef Rhodes. Hunter left to become principal of a bad JCPS middle school. I just, I don't know, I'm just trying to think about where they're at now. They're probably progressing in their um, careers. So I completely understand it. And uh, it'd be selfish to try to say that they're only be deserving because they're great people. So uh, I just cherish the memories I have with them and appreciate the time that I spent with them and how much I really wanted them. If Chef Rhodes had left too, Zyron admitted he would have been at a total loss. When Zyron went back into the kitchen to finish cleaning up, the TV show All American was playing on Rhodes' electronic whiteboard. The show's main character is a black boy zoned to attend an under-resourced, high-poverty school. When his football skills land him a chance to attend an upper-class, good school, he takes it. He makes friends there and excels both on the field and in the classroom. But in the end, it didn't feel right. He chose to go back to his school. The bad one.
As the school year carried on, I began putting the finishing touches on the investigative project that accompanies this podcast, exploring how Louisville has sacrificed its poor schools to ensure its magnet schools prosper. The closer I got to the project's mid-October publishing date, the louder this little pessimistic voice in my head became. All this work is for nothing, it said. See, I'd spent a lot of time combing through page after page of old Courier-Journal reporting on Louisville's school integration efforts, trying to make sense of how the district got to where it is today. It was depressing, because it felt like Groundhog Day. The same stories I was writing now, they'd already been written several times. There was a big project in 1992 on the academic tracking of students in JCPS, and it highlighted the role of magnet schools and programs in separating kids by race and class. In 1993, another story. The headline, Grand Image, Grand Illusion, The Realities Behind Jefferson County's Model Schools. And underneath, race, poverty, sort students into separate school systems. In 1996, another investigation laying the inequities bare. This time, it was a four-part series. The reporting continued. In 2010, my colleague Chris Kenning co-reported an investigation called Schools on the Brink. The project could have been titled The Bad Schools. One of the places Kenning visited for the project was Iroquois. All of the inequities I've detailed throughout this podcast, they were happening back then. And just as Falk had come in with a grand vision to turn around the school, the former principal, Joey Riddle, had too. And the stakes were really high, not just for the students and their futures, but for the principal himself, because part of No Child Left Behind and the state's version of it was if you were deemed as a persistently low-performing school, you, the principal, would be removed. And we could see the stress and strain on his face every day. He knew, he knew whether or not he was making enough progress and the kind of mountain he had to climb. And I think that's part of why he invited us in, to kind of see uh, what it looked like beyond the labels that they were putting on, peop- on schools. Kenning's reporting detailed all the obstacles Riddle and principals at Louisville's bad schools were facing. Still, the state ousted Riddle as principal just months later, citing Iroquois' low test scores. It really drove home the idea that you can have a really dynamic leader who works 18 hours a day. You can have teachers who... Maybe they're getting an extra stipend to work in the school or were recruited specially to work with these kids. Um, You can have extra programs galore uh, and all kinds of, uh, you know, not just tutoring, but uh, social support with the family uh, centers that that would do outreach to to families to try to support them and, and still not make the kind of leaps and bounds of progress that you would need to become a high-performing school. And to me, it kind of underscored the idea that the effects on student achievement that come from outside school walls 
was way greater than the developers of No Child Left Behind envisioned. I think they gave that really short shrift and underestimated the the, the force that that has, not well beyond you know elementary school. As of 2020, Kentucky no longer recommends principal removals as part of its school accountability audits. But for bad school principals, the stress and strain remain. Because at the end of the day, test scores continue to drive how the community sees their schools. JCPS Superintendent Marty Polio is tired of the system. And lately, he's become very outspoken about it. You know, I said I say this all the time. My, last year at DOS, I would have put that, that those adults up against anybody in the state, including Manuel, and say, find me a group that is more committed. And, and shouldn't that be what a good school is? The adults that come in a building every single day to meet the needs of kids, and we provide as a district the supports they need to do that. I mean, that's a good school. I'm sorry if their test scores might be lower because they serve kids with high needs, but that's a good school. In mid-September, U.S. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh made a trip to Louisville as part of President Biden's Build Back Better campaign. While here, Walsh spent a morning at Doss High School, the high-needs, bad school, where polio had served as principal. Welcome. Welcome to JCPS. Walsh toured a hands-on manufacturing lab and a student-run branch of a local credit union. Both programs, like Iroquois' culinary program, are part of a district-wide career training initiative called the Academies of Louisville. The goal? Every JCPS student graduates with a diploma and an industry certification. Students get to choose their job training pathway, and the variety of options is pretty stunning. There's aerospace engineering and graphic design, cinematography and pharmacy tech, entrepreneurship, and pre-law. The list goes on. In other words, every one of Louisville's bad schools now offers interest-based programming. Manual still has its five career-focused magnet programs, but Iroquois, it now has 11 career options of its own. Walsh approved, going as far as calling the academies a national model for modern high schooling. But when Polio had the chance to leave Walsh with a parting remark, he didn't just thank the cabinet secretary for the compliment. He pleaded for help. So, Democrat or Republican, for the past three decades, it's all been about test and punish. We have to get out of that if we expect to see different outcomes for students. Well, I will, uh, I- I'd known Polio's personal thoughts on standardized testing, but even I was taken aback. He was essentially arguing to a federal official that the United States had been doing public education wrong for decades. As he continued, I was surprised again, because it wasn't just polio questioning the entire system that day. Walsh, former mayor of Boston, was too. I will have a conversation with Secretary Cardona about that as well. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you walk into the school, I walked into the school. I'm not, I didn't, my first question was, what did you score on the, on the standardized testing? <laughs> I, I go into a, into a manufacturing lab, and I'm like, oh, my God, we got to get this in every school in America. And then I walk into what I thought was a mock 
credit union. They found out it was actually a real credit union <laughs> that you're working. I'm like, you know, it, it's just amazing. So uh, I hear what you're saying, and I'll pass that back. Thank you. I appreciate it. That same week, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, announced he would eliminate end-of-year testing. Instead, under DeSantis's proposal, schools would monitor students' math and reading progress with three short tests over the course of the school year, something JCPS already does. There are a lot of unanswered questions about DeSantis's plan, but the premise, it seemed to be what polio was asking for. Polio is a rare figure in Kentucky, well-liked by both Democrats and Republicans. So his words hold a lot of weight. Did he plan to start lobbying for Kentucky to follow Florida's lead? I wanted to know. I was halfway to the district's central office to talk with Polio the following week when I got a call from the district's chief spokeswoman. A 16-year-old boy was shot that morning while waiting at his bus stop. He died. Instead of the interview, Polio and I found ourselves at a press conference in Louisville's City Hall. Thank you, Mayor. Um, Usually I feel that I'm pretty good standing up here and and with words, but um, I don't know, I'm pretty short on words today um, because it is one of the most difficult mornings, I think, of my career. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years and unfortunately had to go through a lot of student deaths in those 25 years each and every year. But this may be the most challenging of them all. Um, Tyree Smith was Louisville's 21st youth homicide of the year. He was black and lived in the West End, like so many teens shot and killed in the city before him. But the community response to Tyree's death It felt different. That morning was the first time I'd ever seen the Louisville mayor, police chief, and school superintendent standing together to denounce or even acknowledge the city's surging gun violence. What happened to Tyree was a tragedy, a tragedy that deserved the attention it received. But why now? Why this tragic loss? A kid waiting for his school bus, a symbol of innocence. It hit people hard. But was that all? Because of JCPS's integration plan, Tyree's bus that morning would have taken him to a school nearly 20 miles away, one where most students are white and from advantage homes. Eastern High, a good school. Before finishing this final episode, I drove out to Lexington to see Brianna, who was just starting her freshman year at the University of Kentucky. She'd bought a bike to help make it to each of her classes on time, and she and a few friends had already found a favorite spot to take pictures, the top of a parking garage with the city skyline behind them. Sitting in her dorm's common room, 
I asked her what she hoped would come of telling her story. But I just hope instead of jumping to accusations, people will ask questions. Because I've learned a lot of times when people are upset about something or they lash out, it comes from an insecurity or something that they don't want to deal with or face. And I know that that kind of reaction is not going to create harmony. It's not going to get us fairness. It's, it's just going to create more strife and cause a divide, especially in manual. And I don't want anyone else to experience that divide or feeling like, oh, I'm not really supposed to be here or I'm just here for numbers or for data. But I also asked Brianna if she'd been asked the question yet. She hadn't. But she thought about how she'll respond when she does. I, if anyone asks me where I went to high school, I will say I went to a high school. I won't even tell them I went to Manual. Actually, I don't know. Because I love Manual. But I don't want people to just assume that I'm great and going to be successful because I went to Manual. I mean, that's great to assume, but like also not. Because I know on the what's the flip side of that. I wish it could be like, oh, you went to this school? Oh, that's cool. Oh, I, so are you an artsy person? I wish that was more of what that meant. But until that changes, I'll just say I went to a high school. I checked back in with Spandana, too, now a junior in Manuel's MST magnet. Her course load is even more intense, but she'd found a new way to feel more like an average teenager. She was learning to drive. Like Brianna, she had a request for the adults in her community. There is this general idea that like we need, to, we want more equity and we want just things to be more equitable for all students. But sometimes that feels like a very hollow phrase just because like, it's just like things keep moving forward and there's the same differences regardless. And then there's Zyron. He's considering his college options and told me he's most interested in Morgan State, a historically black university in Baltimore. It was one of the few schools he'd found that had both a D1 football team and a culinary program. He also thought he could find there what he'd found at Iroquois, people who look like him and who understand his experiences. He still dreams of becoming a famous chef jetting off to Dubai whenever he wants. But he's been realizing more and more how much he enjoys teaching. His coach had taught him the phrase, send the elevator down, to help those still striving below him to be successful too. He'd already started doing that, he told me, with a sophomore in the culinary program. If he doesn't become a big name chef, Zyron wants to come back to Iroquois to teach a new generation of culinary students alongside Chef Rhodes. What he doesn't want is anyone's pity. No, not at all. Just, I don't know, just the respect thing, respect our accolades, the positive and the negative. We've, everybody has their downtimes, everybody has their situations, their slip ups. You can't blame them for it, they, but the least you can do is look at the both sides of the spectrum. I feel like they take the time before they even make accusations to get to know us or try to at least give us some leeway before they start making all these big ideas and negative um, thoughts of us. And they sit down and really take the time to get to know Iroquois for Iroquois. Like you have 
then we probably wouldn't be in the situation we are where Iroquois is such a negative school. If you've been listening to this podcast and waiting, wanting a clear resolution, I apologize. You're not going to There is no magic spell to change the way a community thinks and speaks about its But stories, they have power. And Rob Folk is the story of Iroquois High School. Not the dirty eye. But the real Iroquois will be a start. I, I've lived in Louisville my entire life. I'm a Fern Creek to Goldsmith to downtown Louisville to the West End to the South End to now Cooper Farms uh, out in Highview Kid. I will never leave Louisville. I've lived in every part of the city but the East End, but I have listened to the same narrative for 40 years. Um, and I appreciate the fact that we've got... We've got some folks that will tell a different story uh, because the only way that we're going to change the future of our city is if we are honest and upfront about what's going on in it and also showcasing the, the absolute awesomeness that we have in places that traditionally we, we, we like to turn a side eye to. Like, that's not a city I want to live in. In late September, I found myself on Iroquois football field again, but this time there was no rain. There weren't even clouds, only sunshine. And the one thing Zyron had spoken longingly about the first day we met was finally happening, a homecoming pep rally. Folk, whose own plans for pep rallies had been foiled by the pandemic, wasn't there to see it. But as Principal Tall took the mic, the kids were. And that's all that mattered. Let me hear you make some noise! I need you to make some more noise! A little bit louder! The way the way! Let me hear you! Get up! Let me see you! Get up! Let's go! Get up! Let's get some pride out here! If you haven't already, please subscribe to A Bad School on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate the show. A Bad School is reported and produced by me, Mandy McLaren. Editing by Laura Unger. Sound engineering by Jeff Fonder. Mary Irby Jones is our executive editor. Special thanks to Chandler Hopeful and Adam Fish. This has been a production of The Courier-Journal in Louisville, Kentucky, a member of the USA Today Network.
If you want to learn more about Zyron, see photos, or read the investigative stories that accompany this podcast, go to courierjournal.com slash magnetic pulse.